Welcome to Healer's Happy Hour. I'm your host, Anne. On the show, we discuss meaningful conversations with healers in various fields and modalities. In this podcast, you can expect to learn more on the connection of the mind, body, emotion, and spirit, as well as our purpose here today. So sit back Take a sip of your favorite drink and enjoy today's topic. Cheers. Hi there and welcome to this episode of Healer's Happy Hour. Today I have on who I'm very excited to be hosting with my sister Christy from Mermaid Botanicals. Welcome Christy. Thanks, Anne. So happy to be here. So happy to have you. Uh, so Christy is a herbalist in the Pacific Northwest. She offers a variety of one-on-one sessions, classes, and uh, coming up soon is an apprenticeship program she's offering. And Christy works with the natural herbs and plants of the, the lands, particularly in the Northwest and seaweed as well, uh, to create wonderful supplements that support a variety of systems throughout the body. So welcome, Christy. What are you drinking tonight? Um, well, tonight I, I have my favorite soda water, Mountain Valley Spring wa- Sparkling Water. And I put some of my friend, I have these on my site too. My friend Reishi Strauss makes this elderberry, local elderberry Reishi syrup. So it's nice immune support for this time of year. Love it. Yeah. Sounds tasty. It is really tasty. So it's a nice mix with soda water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in honor of you, Christy introduced me to drinking cherry juice and sparkling water. So nice in that tonight. So cheers, Christy. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's get into it. Uh, What was the cat that brought you into herbalism? Well, I, I went to college about 20 years ago now for um, music and English And um, I I ended up in the publishing world, which was what I had wanted. But when I I got into it, I I realized it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And so I kind of spent the next decade living in New York City, just doing that work and trying to figure out what was next. And um, it kind of flowed organically. I, I got into yoga and I got into local foods through that and you know, kind of random flyers and places where I was uh, got me into these things. And then eventually um, I found a flyer, I think, at a bank where I was using the ATM for the Open Center in New York, which um, has a bunch of alternative classes. And they had one called Healing Spices that was taught by my um, herbal medicine teacher who I apprenticed with originally, Robin Rose Bennett. Um, So So yeah, it all um, came from there. And I just, 
this whole new world opened up for me. I didn't even know um, there were people working with herbs and making their own medicines until I came upon that class. So it was this amazing world of people doing cool stuff and being back in touch with the earth and their natural environment and really caring, loving people in the healing field. So, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a great community to, um, become a part of. Amazing. Yeah. It sounds like it really connected you back with the earth. I remember you once saying how, uh, playing with herbs is, reminds you of childhood again and just mm-hmm. all with the world around you. So that's amazing and amazing that you were connected through these postings you saw at the bank. And it's just amazing how we get called to these paths and these walks, walks of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why herbalism? What do you think is in particular important about herbalism? How does it support us in our daily life? Well, I mean, um, one of the things I learned early on in, you know, some of my nutritional and herb trainings is that you are what you eat. And I think more people are aware of that now. But I remember when I kind of realized this 12 years ago or so, at least it seemed like nobody in New York knew that. And and certainly people in the Western medicine field don't really acknowledge that. I went, I was not feeling great in my early twenties because I was eating crap food and I went to doctors and, you know, they said there was nothing wrong with me. And then when I realized, um, you know, as I was going through this transformational process that foods affect how you feel and um, what's happening in your body. I was really mad that (laughs) that Western medicine practitioners generally don't look to food for healing. And so, um, you know, it's really pretty basic that um, you can ingest things on a regular basis that are are not um, as strong as drugs or uh, other medicines. Um, and they have a subtle effect on the body, but they can have a profound effect on the body um, for um, all kinds of healing, mental, emotional, physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I agree with you. I think more and more we're finding more of these herbs to be supportive and to to help with a variety of ailments and and support the overall system. Like, you know, I'm tonight I had some chaga mushroom tea and there's just so much coming out uh turmeric you know elderberry there's just so many different herbs and I know you you know of a ton of herbs that even I haven't heard of that are very supportive or that the general public hasn't heard of that are very supportive there's there's just so much to uncover and yeah I think I think we are going in that direction overall of of implementing some more of these herbal practices as well which is great yeah, that's what I like particularly about what I do with work with local and wild plants is I'm getting to explore plants that aren't well known necessarily for their medicinal effects. And so I get to work with them. I get to work with them with clients or share them with other people who um, are using them. And then we get to learn um, about their medicine because otherwise there's not a lot of um, studies out there or information um, out there about these plants. So we're really pushing some boundaries, um, working with local plants. It's amazing. Is there one in particular that you've been working with lately that you 
want to talk about or you find fascinating that maybe people don't know its benefits? Oh, sure. Um, well, one of the plants I love to talk about that's strange and unusual and interesting and not much is known about it is ghost pipe um, right. or Indian pipe, Monotropa uniflora. And um, people need to be kind of mindful and conscientious about, you know, if they were to harvest this plant, because um, in some places, you know, it doesn't regrow easily. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of rare. So, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm careful about advocating about people harvesting it, but um, it's a really amazing and unique plant. Um, it it grows in the forest with these white pipes coming out of the forest floor and they look very ethereal and translucent and you come across and you're like, what is this plant? And a lot of people think it's a mushroom, but it's not. It's a, it's a saprophytic plant or epiphytic plant um, without chlorophyll. And um, by epiphyte or saprophyte, I mean that, um, it's thought to be parasitic and I don't like to use that term because parasitic implies taking without giving. And um, it's thought that these plants do give back and maybe we just don't know what they're giving back. But the fascinating thing about ghost pipe is it is immersed um, and dependent upon the mycelial network. So um, the mycelial network, there's a lot of new and interesting information out there about how amazing it is in connecting the forest floor and transporting nutrients and information to all the trees and plants there. So ghost pipe um, sits in the middle of this network that's communicating and transferring nutrients and its roots mimic tree roots so mm -hmm. that it is able to feed into this network and get its food that way. And um, we kind of look at that metaphor too, that it's in the midst of all this massive amount of information that's being communicated in the forest and it's able to kind of hold space there. So it's a great plant medicine for us um, when we're feeling really overwhelmed, like if you're overwhelmed by an intense experience or massive amounts of information or whatever you're feeling, it helps to ground you and hold space. And it can do that for physical pain too. Um, it's a great, um, remedy that and unique remedy that way, because, um, a lot of herbalists think about how pain in the body is a message. And if you take something to numb that pain, you're losing that communication from your body. Not that in some cases it may be necessary or important to numb that pain, but what ghost pipe does in a physical pain situation is it just helps you to detach from it. Um, same with overwhelming situations or traumatic situations. It helps you to step out of the situation or the pain and look at it differently. So it's a really valuable plant medicine tool to um, to learn um, from your life experiences or your body experiences and transform in a healthy way. Beautiful. Yeah, I I remember walking with you and you pointing them out and it's, it's a beautiful plant, beautiful plant. But as you mentioned, it's good to probably work with someone who's a trained herbalist and identifying and, and harvesting it. Um, right. I can attest to, to when over the summer, uh, Christy gave me some 
was a supportive measure. I injured my finger and, uh, you know, someone was talking about ways to remedy my finger and it was making me more queasy and more uneasy as, as the person was talking about it. Uh, so she handed me some to take and it was, it was hugely supportive. I just felt like I, I felt so much calmer and at ease, uh, even with a pretty severe finger injury. So I can attest that Indian pipe is, or ghost pipe, the other name for it is Indian pipe, but ghost pipe is a very, very supportive, especially in those kinds of stressful environments. Very supportive. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. Uh, Yeah. So what do you enjoy about herbalism? You touched on it a little bit, but what are maybe some other things that you enjoy about working with the plants and herbs? Um, I like that I get to be outside all the time and um, you get to learn a lot. I mean, I do a lot of harvesting, so I'm outside in the field harvesting and it's, it's kind of repetitive work, but it's, it's meditative too. And then you're in the field and you're seeing the same places over and over again. Um, And you get to see how things grow and how they evolve and how the ecosystems change. So Um, it really is like an in the field learning experience, um, to be able to harvest and work with herbs. Um, yeah. And I think it's just great. I I mean, I really love kind of like practical work that gets me outside, um, and having that as an integrated part of my life. Mm. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And it sounds like you're able to work with these plants in a way that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. I think in our modern society, we're so disconnected from the earth. And I think it's beautiful that even just, even getting outside and doing repetitive tasks, like you said, it can be super meditative and and very beneficial for our overall health. So that's amazing that you get to do that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What are some common misconceptions surrounding herbalism and the field in general that you found? Well, I think most, one of the big ones is that um, herbs can't have a big impact um, on people's health and that, you know, you need drugs and you need Western treatments, um, especially in acute situations, which I mean, I wouldn't... um, I wouldn't discourage anyone from ever seeing a Western practitioner because I think they're important. And certainly in acute situations, um, that may be the route that you need to go. But there's, you know, lots of great stories of, of herbalists like healing pretty major situations that most people would go to the ER or doctor for um, with herbs. Um, you know, I know one story from some herbalists about a guy guys her partner's hand got bitten by a bear and he wouldn't go to the hospital and they they healed it with this wound powder blend um and no infection and everything and you know my mentor Ryan Drum has a bunch of case stories of um healing like people you know going into anaphylactic shock from um bee stings and you know, because I mean, I, I, one of the islands I live on is very remote and, um, that's where Ryan drum lived and, um, practiced for 40 years. So, um, there's a great opportunity there to really try out these remedies where you don't necessarily have access to 
um, emergency services very quickly um, and, and really see how effective the herbs can be in, in sometimes critical situations. Yeah, that's amazing. I never heard that that bear bite story. That's that's wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Like um, yeah. I liked the what you touched on too is this. This isn't to dissuade anyone from going to a, a Western doctor or you know their their regular uh, medical doctor that they go to or professional. It, it's just these herbs can be supportive to our overall health. And, and I think that's important to mention. And yeah, and that's how they're mainly used. You know, herbs are very subtle too. They work on the energetic body. Um, so they, they really support holistic healing. And the more you can do as a supportive um, and supportive measures, the better off you are. Because often, <clears throat> I was just talking to someone about this the other day, disease in the body, many diseases build up over time. And then people get into a critical situation with them and they may want to work with herbs, but like you're trying to reverse years of something that your body built up, like, you know, cancer is a good example of that. And to expect um, herbs or some alternative treatment to just, um, to do that. Um, they can, but you have to be super rigorous about it then, you know, and it's going to take some time. So, so the herbs work best over time and, um, you know, um, in support of your health uh, as on an ongoing basis. Yeah, that's really important to mention too. I'm really, I'm really glad you touched on that because that's something we don't think of a lot is, Oh, I'll take this one supplement, you know, this, I take vitamin green, for example, which Christy turned me on to. It's an amazing, it has like seaweed minerals in it. And, you know, it, I go on and off taking it, which I should just take it consistently <laughs> because like she mentioned that it, it fights off any, anything that might be building in the body. So, so I think that's so important to mention that it's important to build your herbal practice over time and build that supplement or whatever you're taking over time, uh, important to see the benefits of it long-term. So very, very important. Uh, so you mentioned ghost pipe. Uh, is there another herb or plant that you consider to be your favorite or one you're working closely with that you find it has many beneficial uh, effects? Oh, it's hard to pick one. Um, I mean, hawthorns, can I, can I talk about two? Yeah, go for it. I'll try to be brief. That time. No. Hawthorne's been like a longtime favorite of mine. It was one of, in my apprenticeship program a decade ago with Robin Rose, we um, would ally with the plant every year and kind of develop a special relationship. And so Hawthorne was one of those plants for me. And it's just such a sustainable, nutritive plant, but yet really powerful. Um, Many people work with the berries. There's a great preparation out there, uh, Hawthorne berry solid extract or concentrated extract that a couple companies sell. And I recommend that to a lot of people for major results with blood pressure uh, support and um, cardiovascular health. Um, it's It can really be profound even in acute situations. Um, and, and the berries not just, um, work on the cardiovascular system, but they seem to have an affinity for the heart chakra. 
um, because that medicine will just open up the whole lung area. And so um, that solid extract can be used um, uh, to treat an asthma attack. Um, and some people have used that successfully, you know, having their inhaler nearby as well. Um, but it really helps to relax and open up that whole heart area. Um, and then the flower medicine is great too. Um, it's a, it's a real aphrodisiac. I have had a lot of fun with that when I was first exploring, exploring Hawthorne, but really teaches about self-love and it's an aphrodisiac because you really get to connect with um, your sense of self. And from that, you project this great beauty out to other people. So it attracts people to you and that's how it works. Um, but I also want to mention devil's club, which I've been working with a lot lately. Um, it's a pretty badass plant. Um, it grows out here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it's a, a special plant here. I mean, a lot of people try to rip it up because it's got these huge thorns and it's taller than your head. Um, but, you know, it, it's a sacred and important plant to the indigenous people of this region. Um, and it's a really profound boundary plant. Um, but I've used it for so many different things lately, but its its main thing is um it i use the metaphor of like if you run into a devil's club plant and you get stung by it it may give you a staph infection the the thorns are so bad that some people get um infections when they're stung with it so so you walk into de into a devil's plant club plant and get stung devil's club doesn't care that it stung you you know it's just there doing its thing and so it kind of gives you this medicine and this energy of being like of not caring of putting yourself out there and not caring how other people respond to you so you can be thorny and it's not you know you're not necessarily being mean or whatever but it's for those people who like always feel like they're being mean and they don't want to speak out because they're going to hurt someone's feelings it just helps you to be clear and empowered in how you speak and how you act um but what's interesting too is it's also helped me recently to kind of come into myself I mean it was an empowerment in a, in a sort of way but I ended up taking it when I was going through a bad breakup and I was just like lost and miserable and, and couldn't move forward and do things with my life and it wasn't the herb I thought to go to one of my herbalist friends mentioned uh, mentioned it to me I was using ghost pipe and some other things because I just I was having trouble sleeping and I was just trying to keep to calm myself and deal with the emotions. Um, but devil's club just helped to move me out of it. It really just kind of centered me in myself and my power. And, um, uh, it was pretty amazing. I, I was surprised, um, with that use of it. That's amazing. I, I really like that you're touching on the energetics around herbs and how they support our energetic body. Um, as some of you know that follow me, as Christy knows, I'm a Reiki master, and I truly believe everything that inflicts us starts on the spiritual level. And and so I think it's amazing that these herbs can support things like the heart chakra and and even other chakras and other our aura and other energy centers and our emotional centers as well. So I think that's just amazing that you're seeing more to these herbs than just maybe helping with 
your cardiovascular health or your digestion. It, it does so much more than that. And it, it almost seems like it helps you access energy within yourself to like devil's club to set boundaries or that energy within your heart chakra to open yourself up for receiving love. So that's amazing. I really, I really like that you touched on all that. Yeah. I most often use herbs for the energetic properties. I'm always kind of trying to work with what I'm going through in my life and, and the herbs have always been powerful friends and healers there. I mean, not that I don't use them for physical things too, but um, that's often where I get most excited and um, always go to an herb um, when I need something for the energetics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely a a huge help and and a huge support um, for any healing, any, I talk about shadow work a lot, anything like that, that, that people are going through. I think that that is super beneficial. Uh, So how can people who are new to this world of herbalism or are just getting into it and interested in it, uh, what's a good place for them to start or what's a good plant or herb for them to maybe start with? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that um, you could do. I mean, I would get outside and try to explore the local medicinal plants around you. There's a lot of great field guides. Um, the, P- the Petersons makes a bunch of field guides for, for different regions of the country. Um, and it, I mean, it's pretty easy to just look up field guides. It's good to get multiple ones. Um, plant identification is really hard um, to do by book because the plants look so drastically different, different times of year and in different situations where they're growing that for you to have one picture as a reference um, is usually not clear enough. So that's why it's good to have multiple books or some of them have illustrations. Um, And so it's fun to go out and do that. Or you could just go out and sit with a tree and meditate or draw plants is a good way to learn a lot of things about them so those are like some pretty basic ones that really help you to connect with the plants in person which I think is a great way to do it Um, but in terms of uh, learning um, you know uh, more information about medicinal uses um, there's a lot of great books out there by great herbalists Um, I mean the one my teacher Robin Rose Bennett came out with a few years ago um, is a pretty good basic book. It's the gift of healing herbs. Um, Rosemary Gladstar has a lot of really accessible books. There's also this website, learning um, that, that, that does a lot of educational stuff that I would say is geared towards beginners. And I believe they have some like, um, basic medicine making kits you can offer, you can order that are super cool. They have, a a kids um, wild crafting game that's uh, really fun too. Uh, so, so they have a lot of neat stuff. Um, so those are those are some good ideas, good starting places for people. Oh, that's great! Yeah, thank you for listing all of those resources. Mm-hmm. So the show notes at the end, so look out for those, so you can access some of those materials if you're looking to get started into this. And I think. Yeah. This- a good segue into discussing what services you offer in particular, Christy, and where a good place is to reach you. 
Yeah, um, so I offer consultations uh, via Zoom. Um, so anyone can consult with me from anywhere. And um, those are those are pretty in depth. Um, you know, we do an hour and a half intake and then um, I follow up with a detailed protocol and then, um, you know, includes a follow up a call after you've uh, worked with the protocol so we can fine tune what you're doing. Um, I also offer my apprenticeship program, as Ann mentioned. Um, I just published the schedule for this year online. Um, we're doing a new format where I'm doing one long day a month. Um, so it's more accessible for people to attend that way. It's up here in the San Juan Islands. And, um, you know, it's, it's a part of a three-year cycle where you get to learn about pretty much all the land and sea plants that grow here. Um, so it's um, a really in-depth learning by doing. We make a lot of medicines together um, and then students get those medicines at the end of the year um, and get a lot of field experience, which is sometimes hard to find um, in, in the programming that's out there. Um, so we're starting up at the end of April and um, applications are due March 1st. Um, and all of that information is on my website, mermaid-botanicals.com or christybraden.com. Um, I also offer other classes. I'm, I'm hoping to offer community consultations, a, a format I've developed where um, we focus on a theme like digestive issues and then about half the focus of the classes, individual questions getting answered. So that's kind of an accessible way for people who maybe can't afford a private consultation to get help for their, their health needs. That's all great. Thank you so much for sharing your, your services and what you're offering and the apprenticeship program is a wonderful program if you're in the Northwest region in particular and are able to get to the San Juan Islands. It's incredible. I've taken one of Chrissy's uh, classes during the apprenticeship. And uh, I remember particularly we, we focused on rose hips in that class and we made a lotion and it was just really fun. And, and as you can tell from how much Christy has shared just on this podcast episode alone, She's so passionate and she's has such great stories surrounding each plant that we work with. It's, it's a beautiful offering. So I highly recommend signing up if you can. Uh, I wanted to touch on too, uh, backtracking a little bit to, to one thing you mentioned is uh, Christy works with seaweed a lot. And I, this is a common question I get just from people when I mentioned that I have a sister that's an herbalist is. I mentioned you work with seaweed and they're always like, wow, I want to work with seaweed. What can, what can I do to sign up? Or, you know, they, they get very excited about it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you could just speak to briefly about seaweed and its benefits or, or services you offer in particular around seaweed? Yeah, that's great. We didn't really touch on that. And that is a big part of what I do. Um, I should say too, I, I've offered a seaweed zoom class pretty regularly. Um, in a lot of different places around the world. Um, and um, I, I think it's probably safe to say I, I'm going to be writing a seaweed book. It seems like that's um, going to be a go, but um, no, no official word about that yet. So um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really lucky to um, have gotten immersed into the field of seaweeds because my mentor out here, Ryan Drum, is um, uh, pretty much one of the main uh, seaweed experts in this country, especially um, definitely in the herbal realm. Um, And so I've learned a lot from him and, um, you know, I'm so glad to be um, continuing his lineage there. Um, but sea, sea plants are so fascinating. I mean, they're the ancestors of all of our land plants. So there's that connection, but they're inherently very different from land plants. Um, they absorb nutrients directly from the water. Um, they do like to be held in place by what we call root or hold fast, but they're not roots like plant roots. You know, they don't draw up nutrients into the plant. Um, and then, you know, I always like to talk about seaweeds as teachers of strength and flexibility because um, they, they're generally growing in places where they have to tolerate sun and um, freshwater exposure sometimes and lots of wave action. And so um, they, need, they need some strength to stay in place, but they also need to be super flexible um, and many sea, all seaweeds have a um, medicinal gel or a phycopolymer um, uh, or mucopolysaccharide is another name. Um, but, you know, they live in the ocean. And like I said, sometimes at low tides, they're exposed to sun and other elements. So they need a way to maintain their moisture. And so they have this gel that is highly medicinal. It's been well studied. Uh, the various seaweed gels are all antiviral, and, and many of them have been well studied for their effects on um, preventing viral transmission. Um, so uh, they're really, really powerful medicine in seaweed gels. Plus, they're um, super fun for washing your hair. I always wash my hair with seaweeds or taking a seaweed bath. I don't think we've done a seaweed bath for you yet, Anne, have we? No, we did. did One time. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, seaweed baths are the best and they're super healing. Um, You know, Ryan Drum has a great story. I mean, he's got a bunch of great articles on his website, ryandrum.com on seaweeds, if you're interested in learning, but he's got a great story on there about this woman who her knees, the cartilage was deteriorating in them and she was getting ready for a wheelchair. And he had her put a slurry of one of the seaweeds in oversized boots and wear them for four hours a day for a year. And her knees completely healed by doing that. So, you know, and that's the seaweed wasn't even on her knees, you know, it was in these boots that came just below her knees. So, um, yeah, really profound tissue healers and um, they just do so many things. And plus, oh, that's the other great thing I should say. Um, they see, so seaweeds live in this pool of, of nutrients and minerals that don't exist on land for many land plants. Um, you know, a lot of people say the consistency of the minerals in the ocean is like our blood, almost the same as our blood. And so seaweeds have access to a lot of minerals and micronutrients. They, they aggressively uptake iodine. Um, they need it for their function. Um, 
And so they have a lot more iodine than land plants do. And so they're kind of a powerhouse of nutrients that um, many people aren't able to get from even really great organic um, land land plants. I'm really glad you mentioned the iodine factor with them because you were telling me that when you were first teaching me about seaweed and its benefits is uh, that a lot of us are actually lacking iodine and iodine is very important for thyroid function and a variety of other bodily functions. So um, yeah, seaweed is a wonderful, wonderful plant for, for just really any type of medicine. Taking it daily, like you mentioned, is pretty, pretty remarkable and beneficial to the overall system. Yeah, and that's what you want to do with seeds. You don't need much of them. The recommendation is like an ounce per week. So that's very little amount. And just eating it regularly is really where you get the best health benefits. Yeah. And I was just thinking to, uh, we were walking on the beach once and Christy just said, Oh, here. And like, she took one off a rock here, just eat this. And I was, I was like freaked out of her. I was like, I don't know. I, I can't eat it straight. Cause you're just not used to doing that again in our modern world where you're not <laughs> and getting things at the grocery store, you know, like it was silly of me. I, I admit that was silly of me. So when I finally <laughs> tried it, I was like, oh my God, that was so tasty. And I actually still from time to time crave like just eating seaweed, like straight off, straight off a rock. It's wow. so yeah. good. It's so good. I think I need more seaweed in my life. I think I've been craving it more. So everybody does. Yeah. It's it's tasty. It's delicious. Um, and then my last question for you, something I always like to end the episode on is. Uh, what's a message you have for our listeners or the overall collective about herbalism and how it can support us in this day and age, particularly with, you know, all the times we're having lately? Yeah, um, well, the message I had in mind, I I don't know if it quite fits um, exactly your prompt, but um, is that, I encourage people to connect with the environment around them and to not be afraid to integrate and become part of that environment. Um, Because what I run into with um, a lot of students is, you know, people who are drawn to working with herbs, especially in the field, are very sensitive about harvesting because we've seen what industries have done to destroy ecosystems and And so now you get people who are really afraid to even engage with the ecosystem in a way where there's harvesting involved. Um, And not that you have to do that. I I really encourage people to engage with their ecosystem however they can, like I talked about with spending time in a place and learning what goes on in that place by drawing or sitting every day um, can be really valuable. But when you doing harvest work in the field for your own medicine um, is also a really profound way of learning how to be uh, an integral part of your environment, a good part of your environment, because we are part of this planet and this environment, even though we live very separately from it. Um, in the way our lives have evolved. Um, And so I think it's so important to find a way to re-engage in healthy ways going forward. Um, 
and you know that I think that's the most important thing. Thank you. I think that does fit with the message of the times right now. I think people in general feel very disoriented, are going through a lot of upheaval in their life. And something I found for me personally is going outside and grounding back into the earth is one of the most supportive tools we have. So I totally couldn't agree more that connecting with the earth at at this time in particular, but really always is just so imperative. And, And working with people like Christy to support you in your everyday, like we said, not just with your physical body, but with your emotional and your energetic body, these herbs can really support you. So uh, I highly recommend booking a consultation with her uh, or even joining her apprenticeship program she's offering. Uh, Christy offers a lot of great services. So please don't hesitate to reach out if you need some support at this time. Thank you. Yeah, you, can I just also say that I can, um, use all the tools that you can, because I mean, I know how it is to get into a place where, you know, you feel like you're not going to get out there, uh, get out of it and um, have a list nearby of things. Sometimes it's so hard to think of what to do. And there's so many tools in our toolkits, especially when you start working with herbs, but there's also things that Anne does, meditation, you know, so many things you can do to, to move and, and um, figure stuff out. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. So, so honored to have you on the show today. I was, I was very excited, not just because you're my sister, because I think the work you're doing is profound and really, really helps a lot of people. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We'll do one last cheers to sign off. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to your health. Cheers to your health.